Welcome to Talking Paragraphs. I am defrocked journalist Daniel Finney, studying to be a teacher, and with me is my best friend and regretfully employed accountant, the Sultan of Spreadsheets, Memphis Paul. Paul, you've been ill. Are you are you are you recovered enough to podcast? Well, I, I don't put a lot of effort into podcasting, so <laughs> it's like that's it's not like these Olympic athletes who uh, have synchronized their lives around uh, a two week window every four years. Um, right. I mean. Most of the time, you podcast supine, if, I, if I'm making a am, fair guess. I am now supine, yes. Right, I'm, right. Uh, lying in bed with my, my front to the air, front, uh, my back to the bed. Yeah. Uh, That's... It was uh, outside on a hot day in the south. Uh, that takes so, a lot out of a man. Does one of the starch out of my shirt? <laughs> um, well, earlier in the week, Paul and I uh, exchanged quite a few texts that generally were truncated by "I've got to go to the bathroom," uh, and you you had that for a good three four days. Are are you feeling better? Um, it's being sick. It's one of those weird things where uh, you can be sick and start to feel better and like feel good that you're feeling better, but still not quite, uh, you know, you, you kind of give yourself percentages like, oh, I'm 80% or 90%, which basically means like, gosh, I feel better because I felt like crap yesterday. Sure. But you can but still, still be peaked. Yeah. In, in fact, I uh, I went to work Monday and then kind of felt bad that day. That's why I'm already here. By the time I got home, I was uh, probably the worst that I felt this week. I, I just went to bed very early. Yeah. And then I took off the next day. It's like one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, did I really need to take off? And then I went to work the next couple of days, and it was one of those things where you could probably do some routine tasks, uh, but then having to interact with people on stuff was, or having to do some tasks where you're on, you know, thinking you're in your feed or putting an email together, like composing your thoughts, like that was a step too far mentally. Yeah. As a physical or mental exertion. Yeah. So Friday I took off and it was like, yeah, this may be the best I've actually felt this week, but uh, I'm just tired from the week. And uh, uh, if, if I could just sit in my office and do some work, that'd be fine. But that's, that's not how it'll go. Isn't it interesting? So just, Earlier we were talking uh, before we I went on. I'd like there to be uh, a type of day where it's like you're not at work and you're not taking a sick day. It's like some midway category, like 
I'll come to work. You can see me in the office, but you can't interact with me. My uh, my middle school social studies teacher, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she had a thing called I'm on Silence, which was very pretentious at the time and kind of annoying, but it was her way of telling the students, like, look, I've got stuff to do here that doesn't have to do with your petty little problems. You've got an assignment. Just do it. This is elementary or this is middle school. It's not that hard. And she'd say, I'm on silence. So every now and then some nitwit would try to break. And she'd just hold up her hand and say, I'm on silence. But and at the time, I thought that was stupid. But you may need some of that. You may need an on silence sign. You know, like, I'm on I'm on silence. Well, I wish every uh, school had said that. And, you know, and that was just part of the culture. <laughs> well, it's interesting. There we, is, there's a lot of talking at work that has nothing to do with work. Sure, uh, that's most of the talking. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. We were talking before we went on uh, air or started recording about the obsession with convenience that America has. You know, like you were going to get your oil changed, and this was also a place that does mufflers and. You know, tire rotations probably sells tires and does other basic car care work. And, you know, when I when we were younger, there was an oil change place and there was a muffler place and there was a tire place. And that they did one thing and that's what they specialized in. And eventually it got to be where there was the modern Walmart where you can get your oil change, you can get your muffler, you can get your tires... And you can get your hair cut while you get your groceries. Uh, and maybe a nice, you know, new t-shirt and a pair of jeans. Well, Walmart has a lot of things. They, they have uh, We've got a subway. You can get a little, get something to eat in there. Maybe play some video games. They have uh, glasses, jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's now, like, banks. Yes, banks. Uh, the banking uh, operation inside. I think uh, Jackson Hewitt uh, sets up little cubicles sure. there during tax season. So right. I find it interesting that you can find convenience anywhere else in the world except in the workplace, where everything is annoying and stupid and unnecessarily complicated. And I say that as a worker, an unemployed worker who worked in a system... Uh, the corporate system, and and you're saying that essentially as a worker for a private firm. So h- how bizarre we uh, our time on this planet is. What a time to be alive. It is. It's an odd time. So uh, I don't know what we're about to talk about. Uh, all I know is that Paul, who is my friend, is very excited about a story from the website Zero Hedge. And so he was so excited, he said, I want the whole A block. And he, he called it early in the week from his sickbed that this is this story is so good that we're wa- going to want to spend uh, a whole block on this. And I said, you know what? I've never heard you that enthusiastic about anything. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. I'm just going to offer the usual caveat. Zero Hedge is a white ring, right-wing conspiracy theorist website run by Russians, although 
they do have an amusing penchant for stories about skywriting penises. So with that, Paul, take me into the big zero hedge story. Make 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 me happy. Um. Well, there's. Uh, I, I feel like we've hyped this more than than I would describe it. I'll. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna format this in my own words, which is to say. Let me just say that uh, that this podcast is nothing but disappointments. So, we're, I did hype it a little bit, but you know, the yeah. the sweet sixteen listeners, uh, you know, who are probably my mother's former customers, uh, who are listening, they're they're used to be to being like I don't know what that was about, but gosh, they seem like nice boys. So, you know, go go at it. So, uh, normally I'm happy enough to be like, oh, this was a funny, uh, headline to a story. But the way they do their stories, there's a headline and there'll be like little sub-sentence. Maybe there's a picture. And that's generally as deep as I go with these, uh, news stories. They do a lot of finance stuff, which I'll read and it's, it's pretty cutting dry but the 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 hard news stories of like oh biden is gripping over his words or um here's some flip-flop on covid policy they like to skewer that i I want to interject here only to to emphasize what you're saying there are we've talked about this privately there are levels of paul giving a fuck when it comes to most everything, but especially news. So yeah. level one is I read the headline. Level two yeah. is I read the subhead. Level three is I read the par- I read a paragraph or looked at a picture that went with the story. Yeah. Uh, y- y- Twitter, is- Twitter stories are different because they'll be embedded video. Yeah. I hardly ever listen to the video. Sure. Of what's being said. So this is this um, is a full level five engagement you've read the story or most of it i i read you know this is i don't know that i've ever gone this far it's like um there was a story right that that was non-finance it's just like this event happened in the world i read the whole story and i had to go to wikipedia to learn more holy about this is a new level level five must be reading the story or level four must be reading the story Level five is reading the story and then doing further research. Yeah, that that's weird for me. Um, so, all right. As I as I describe the story, I'm gonna read kind of like part of the the intro of it before giving the final payoff. Sounds basically. Good. There's this guy. His name is Martin uh, Shkreli. S H K R E L I. And he's this CEO type. He engaged in a lot of illicit stuff, and he was found guilty. And the payoff of the story is some large asset that he had that was auctioned off to satisfy the um, the fraud judgment against him. But before I before I deliver the payoff, I want to talk a bit about the guy. He's got a nickname. His name is Pharma Bro. Oh, kind of like is that the guy? Is that the guy who jacked up 
the price of some. He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you you actually know a little bit about this, this guy. Well, this guy, there was two of them. There was the farmer bro and the farmer uh, farmer woman, and they oh, both jacked man. up the price of some. Like one of them was insulin, and another one was multiple, like multiple some drugs they yeah. acquired and then jacked up the price. Up. Some yeah. they were basic drugs that were super cheap. Rel- I mean, they were cheap, but they were like life-sustaining drugs that people yeah. needed for whatever their condition was, and they suddenly were no longer affordable, except right. to the super rich. Uh, and they became the subject of national scorn uh, before. Um, the pandemic. The, I, I remember this from back when I was still a journalist. So yeah, this is interesting so, already. So his name, his little nickname was Pharma Bro. Yeah. Uh, to to visualize just what he looks like, he, he just picture it's Bill Hader. He's got the same <laughs> mid part, the same supercilious little um, smirk on his face. Um, I I, I kind of wanted to get into some other things he did. He besides jacking up buying and then jacking up prices. Um, he would like go on Reddit boards and post stories about uh, a company like, oh, this drug trial is going to fail. And then people would dump the stock, but he had already like shorted it. So when you short it, it's like you, um, you make money off of that. So he plant, plant fake stories um, he would uh, do bogus bids for companies, uh, and then and then once whatever the result happened in terms of what the company was doing or the price action. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this in in a way that sounds complimentary to this guy, and I don't mean it. That this guy is brilliant, but in like a supervillain kind of way. Like, so, yeah. So he's done a variety of like either illegal or on the cusp of illegal. He, he did enough illegal stuff that he was convicted of fraud, and there, there'll be a payoff to that. But so he, he he did a lot of shorts. He he did a short where it's like, oh, I've got the money to cover this, and he didn't. He's had companies go bankrupt, and then he'll start a new company, and then the profits of the new company will kind of go to pay off the old company. So he's been accused of like Ponzi stuff uh, in that regard. Um, He's had employees set up fake Twitter accounts, uh, and they'll make uh, gangster rap jokes and then tweet things about pharmaceuticals. So I, I don't know how I don't know how that goes together. Like, oh, this guy made this great gangster joke, gangster rap joke. I, I now believe what he has to say. This this anonymous Twitter account about pharmacy stocks. Well, we apparently, according to Wikipedia, that was part of strategy um he, he offered uh five thousand dollars for a strand of Hillary Clinton's hair uh I, I don't know what that was necessarily about but it was it was taken as a uh, a hostile act like you know if you, if you got the hair you know what, what did you have to do to, to get get that strand of hair that, that was considered a threat uh so there's like a variety of uh uh, dishonorable acts, but uh, he, he was found convicted, and uh, he had to like auction his property to satisfy the uh, the results of the lawsuit. And one of the assets he had 
was a two million dollar album uh, produced by the Wu the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, it was it had like this very this custom uh, album sleeve uh, with like metal and uh, encrusted you know gems and so forth. It's called Once Upon a Time Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. So it's an unreleased album. Uh, if, if you if you have this this item, uh, you're not able to uh, release the contents like on the internet for others to enjoy until the year 2103. <laughs> but they forced them to sell this, and the people that uh, uh, that bought it, which it's we don't know who who bought this from him yet. But the but he sold it for more than he paid for it, so they're thinking around two point three million, uh, up from the two million he paid for it. Uh, and the the U.S. government is very pleased the way that they are, you know these these prosecutors. It's like, oh yeah, we we got more, you know, we're we're satisfying this uh, this judgment. Look at look at how well we did on this. Uh, I got that sense out of it. Um, when when he was uh, when he was being arraigned on this, the um, there were various comments from like would be jurors. Uh, one was like, "He looks like a dickhead," uh, <laughs> which you know, if he looks like Bill Hader, then yes, yeah, sure. just, he has he has the world's most punchable face. Okay, you're excused. He's done this, this stuff, and uh, one juror was like, "He disrespected the Wu Tang Clan." So that that was like a juror comment. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, was this jury uh, in L.A. or D.C. or like what? Your compromise, you can go. <laughs> like your uh, your love of Wu Tang Clan and your knowledge of the uh, <laughs> of, him, of him possessing this album that that excuses you. You, you can go. You're free anyway, to go. That I was, like that. that. Was the story. I, I feel like it clicked a lot of things. There've been other stories about Farmer Bro, mm -hmm. uh, but the fact that he had a Wu Tang uh, Clan album with a lot of history, a lot of details around it, uh, this was this was enough of a story for me to like. This isn't like, like I didn't know. I didn't need to know all the ins and outs of why you uh, drew a, a penis mm -hmm. with your plane in the air. But this this I needed to know more about. Right. Uh, so I, I just thought, you know, this this was a level from the zero edge that felt like a share beyond the headline. So that's uh, that, that's something for the wider world or our listenership here. It's full 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 flower. So what had brought him to the attention of Zero Hedge most recently? Well, I, I think I had seen references to Farmer Bro. Mm -hmm. In other Zero Hedge stories, I, I guess just his antics with uh, uh, just kind of being a, a bro, a threat bro kind of a guy. For, for the Doesn't Russians, this is perfect propaganda against capitalism. It's like, this is what happens in capitalism. Just filthy American capitalists, their, their money and how it perverts their sense of uh, morals. Sure. I mean, in Russia, they don't have insulin, but I mean... I'm kidding. I don't know if they have insulin, but in Russia they they don't have these drugs, or they they're just as expensive. But propaganda is works both ways. Sure. You know, 
the joy of this story reminds me of the best story I ever read about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, in Business Weekly. And it was about, it was a profile of Gaston Glock, the guy who is, who manufactures Glock handguns and other uh, firearms. And there was a plot to assassinate Gaston Glock. Apparently one of his underlings had siphoned off a bunch of money from the company and started to started these shell companies and was was ripping off Glock basically and Glock's accountants were like hey there's something up here and so he ordered an investigation well this guy knew he you know the jig was up so he hired an assassin who was Russian and happened to be a former professional wrestler. And the plan was to grab Glock as he was leaving work and slam his head into the ground uh, in the parking garage and make it look like he fell down and, you know, oops, what a terrible accident. Yeah. Well, come to find out, Glock is like a really fit guy. Now, Set aside for the fact that Glock manufactures a handgun that can hold up to, like, 25 bullets with a special uh, magazine. So that's not a guy I want to deal with in a in a fight situation to begin with. Like he might just have a gun with him? Uh, right, right. Or seven. I mean, you know, I bet the guy who makes Lifesavers has, has a roll in his pocket. All yeah. I'm saying is... This is not a guy that would be high on my just-take-him-on-directly list. Well, it turns out this guy is super fit. He's Austrian, and Glock's got a huge estate in Austria with a man-made lake where he swims year-round, including in the winter, where that lake has got to be pretty freaking cold, and you've got to be really tough like navy seal tough to swim in really cold water like most people freeze up and get hypothermia and die so for the fact that he regularly goes out and swims in that kind of water is pretty badass so i don't exactly know how the assassination went down like what happened in the altercation all i know is that when the police showed up Glock was sitting on the curb bleeding from the head and the Russian former professional wrestler assassin was unconscious. Anyway, yeah. that... Say he was a wrestler like uh, a collegiate wrestler as opposed to like Hulk Hogan, I'm guessing. I, Well, pro wrestler, I don't know if he was... Uh, I don't know how pro wrestling works in Russia, but... I think he was a Hulk Hogan type, but I could be uh, wrong. Yeah. You know, now you've gone deeper than my Wikipedia just to embarrass me uh, is what's happened there. All right, we've got other stuff on the show today uh, yeah. besides old news stories that uh, amuse us. We've got uh, fun Olympic sports, uh, 
uh, Michael Che uh, is being offensive, according to the woke police. Uh, we've got uh, Texas kids skipping college, so are, skipping their blocks B and C. Is that what? I'm yeah, I'm saying there'll be other things we talk about besides the things we just hey, talked about. Nothing, nothing will be as good as uh, Zero Edge, just for me. But th- there will be other stuff. Is what what we're telling you. Listeners. Correct. There's, there's, Paul's Paul's done his best work for the day. He yeah, can check out <laughs> much like I was this week when I was kind of sick. And right. Like, well, I did a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, we've got Scar Joe suing Disney and yeah, like niche dating apps. So we'll be back after a brief break, and uh, you know, stay where you are. sucking down on a Saturday? Well, I, I went out into the world, uh, which involves uh, humanity, fickle fade of the real, te- real re- uh, retailer. It seems like a mistake, age, but you're doing it, so it's happened. Age of COVID. Yeah. And the heat, of course. Memphis is hot. I think Iowa is equally hot, so our listeners... Or Iowa-based listeners might understand this heat concept. Yes. Uh, so I, I had a uh, cranberry lime seltzer upon returning home, and I'm, I'm having a second one. Mm. Uh, does does that help with your urination? Isn't uh, it? That wasn't a problem. Uh, oh. The this, this sickness I had this last week was... Uh, well, let's just leave that where it was. But uh, yeah, I thought like old people drank cranberry juice to help with their urine with their kidneys. It was like it's like their kidneys. This has like an artificial cranberry flavor. So it, I, yeah, I it's, it's the prop- actual cranberry is present with those oh. therapeutic uh, properties. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <clears throat> so you know, uh, Diet Dr Pepper or Dr Pepper. <laughs> it's got a prune flavor. That's but what they say. Have, I've never had prune. Actual, huh? I've never. I don't think I've ever had a prune. Or prune juice. Yeah. The the flavor Dr Pepper I think is a prune juice based flavor. Mm. Just FYI. But I don't think that would help you use the restroom. But it has that same flavor to it. 
Yeah, you have, yeah, you have to uh, drink the uh, new uh, Dr. Pepper Zero. That will help you use the bathroom. Well, seems like it. So the Olympics are on, and neither one of us care about the Olympics, but I do watch the Olympics um, mostly because I'm unemployed and there's it's something to stare at. But I have well, been. I, I, can I respond here? I, I enjoyed the opening ceremony, which was, and uh, there's there's a Twitter account for like, uh, like Tokyo 2020. Yeah, didn't they and cancel like the opening ceremony? Huh? I thought they canceled the opening ceremony. No, oh. no, that's not true. The guy that was involved with it, the main... Oh, he got canceled, guy, right. He got canned, and they uh, curtailed the complexity of it, but they did not cancel in entirety the opening ceremony. Okay. I, I, but, I, but just generally, I enjoyed the opening ceremony for the Olympics. Uh, and Can I ask one thing about that? Did they have any anime characters there? Like, was Akira there? There was, um, there was some, like, com- uh, some graphics, some, some computer-like graphics underneath the people that were performing, which felt very Japanese in terms of, like, sure. what we associate with Sony Corporation or, you know, that, that kind of stuff, or their cartoons that have... Yeah, uh, Dance Dance Revolution. So, something like that. Yeah. Um, th- there was this odd thing. I, I don't know if you watched any of it, where they had these um, elastic red cables that kind of the dancers contorted with, and um, somehow the um, uh, uh, the, those cables or whatever created uh, shadows on the surface that they were performing on, mm-hmm. which the NBC people, uh, they did a lot of explaining of what everything was meant to be and what the effect of it was. I, I, I didn't like that. It's like, can I just uh, interpret it my own way or um, read later? I don't, I don't need you talking over the top. Uh, and then they describe that, oh, this creates these shadows and imagery. Um, but they just they just zoomed in on the dancers. They did, we, we weren't given the perspective of someone in the stands who would be seeing the, the shadows of, uh, of stuff. Uh, so this thing they were describing, we didn't actually get to see with their coverage. Uh, well, you know, for years I've argued anyway. that I would prefer sports where they just stuck a camera, like, in one seat at the 50-yard line, and I, all, the only sound I would hear are sounds of people around me and sure. the, uh, the sounds of the game and maybe, yeah. uh, um, <clears throat> you know, vendors or whatever. And then the only thing I want is, like, the announcer, the, the PA announcer, to be, like, five-yard penalty for, you know, whatever, nose-picking. Uh, I, in fact, I would take the broadcast as it is, just with no sound. No, not no sound, but no announcers. I, I would pay extra for that. 
because I, I, I hate announcers because they have to talk the whole time and they're, they're never really that insightful. And like you say, like you're watching this thing that's unfamiliar to you, but you know, uh, the first time Brent showed me an anime cartoon, I'm like, this is weird. But then eventually I was like, yeah, that's just its style. And you got used to it. And then if you eventually figured out the roots of it, uh, that was great. Um, I don't think that I'm allowed to watch anime anymore because that's cultural appropriation. But we are far afield here. I, I, I only wanted to mention the Olympics in this sense. Is that um, I don't really care about them but i do enjoy watching the sports that no one would watch for any other reason like this year a new sport was three on three basketball and i watched several games of that uh the women's basketball anyway the u.s men didn't um, qualify so therefore nbc doesn't show it but the it's a 10 minute game and it's either whoever's ahead after 10 minutes or first to to 21 shots from the floor are one point from what would be the three point line or two points. Um, it's very frenetic. It's a 12 second shot clock. So there's not a lot of like setting up offenses. It's a lot of cuts to the basket, good passes. If you have a really tall person, uh, you're, you have an advantage cause you can get rebounds, get outlet passes and, you know, just like Does, I said, it, do you, do you retain possession or do you score and the other person gets it? Or it, It's not make it, take it. You score, but the other person has the responsibility of getting it. It's not like they stop and take it up to the top of the key. You have to, you have to get it up to, you have to get it out. They can steal it from you and score. <laughs> So that that was a lot of fun to watch. The U.S. ended up winning. Uh, they lost one game, which was one that I was watching. Uh, I don't know anything about the players involved. Uh, I know that they were all high-level WNBA players who were not on the U.S. women's team, uh, basketball team. team. Yeah. But uh, that was um, that was enjoyable. Um, the, uh, sorry folks, that ding is telling me my groceries will be delivered at 1.45 p.m. Uh, I've been watching some of the, uh, ping pong, which is called table tennis. I, I watched Japan come from behind and mixed doubles table tennis to beat China. Um... The, the table that they have seems smaller than the ones the one that my parents have in the basement. I mean, I, I could be wrong. It could just be the perspective of the camera or whatever. Um, I certainly didn't look to the commentators to explain anything. But uh, it, that was fascinating to watch. It, it was It's kind of like every now and then. You remember when ESPN used to have Australian rules, football, and the strongman comp- competition, and occasionally darts. 
I would do stuff like themed themed on like chainsaws or out you know, sure rolling rolling on logs yeah trying not to fall off the log i forgot what the the grouping of that was the woodsman competition yeah yeah where they would they would uh the uh, you know they took turns like chopping the wood or they were you know cutting down a tree or you know, how fast could you chop a pile of wood or whatever yeah that, that stuff was fun this is fun in the same way uh you know and I, that's that's been my Olympics is just uh, what weird thing is on right now. Like I don't watch the swimming. I don't watch anything that involves you know. Oh, this athlete didn't do as well as they've done in the past, or uh, you know, I don't want to get involved in the Simone Biles drama uh, or, or any of that stuff. Uh, I just want to watch stuff that's kind of amusing. Uh, for for half an hour, uh, I, I haven't watched much. Yeah. Somehow or another, either a day I was sick or I just randomly turned over to NBC. They had men's volleyball. Yeah, I, I remember watching men's volleyball when I was a kid, and I I enjoyed it because there was like an all rounder guy, and then there was a guy that was tall, mm-hmm. so he was always at the net. And then they had this kind of small, unathletic, uh, maybe Hawaiian type, mm-hmm. Asian Pacificer type kid. Yeah. He had this very uh, involved and beautiful looking serve where he'd be taking several steps forward and halfway through he'd throw the ball up there and he'd do this big jump and uh, hit the ball kind of at its height. Uh, as it was returning and it was like the team would score most of its points off that guy serving and then they'd have to wait for his turn to come around yeah I watched a little uh, bit of I watched a little bit of women's volleyball uh-huh. um, everybody's like hey so, have you have you watched so the this year uh, everyone was serving like him but yeah. not as well uh, so it's like oh look how, look how the sport has changed and that's it that's all that's all the sports I watched. I I watched a little bit of the women's volleyball. Um, I haven't watched any beach volleyball, which ev- that's like the only thing I like. Everybody like you'll be at the bar and somebody be like, oh, you watch the beach volleyball, and it's like, no, and they're like, wow, they got those girls in bikinis. And I'm like, you can literally see girls in bikinis on any TV station, almost at any time. What? Why would I? Why would this be different? Like, why is this special? Like, oh, there's girls in bikinis playing sports? Like, go to a beach community. That's happening all the time. I just, I, I, it, the, the, I'm not, the leering about women's beach volleyball players baffles me to no end. Uh, they, they had, uh, I, I went to sports clip. Where yeah. A guy can be a guy. They, they had. Uh, that's a lie. They had women's beach volleyball on when I was getting my hair cut. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't positioned facing the TV, so I, I didn't see much, but I, I heard a lot of the commentary, which was uh, how tough the dad was on one of the people, but it made her a good player, and they loved each other. And uh, Jesus. Both players, uh, dads cried when they made the... So, so I got a lot of the 
your your typical NBC background. Nobody does anything for fun anymore. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, there's this Texas high school kid who is skipping his high school senior year to go play. Uh, he's going to enroll in Ohio State early. And he's got like 80,000 social media followers. Right. And the people who rank this kind of thing say he, say he can make hundreds of thousands of dollars because he's got this kind of following. So he's already saying, all right, enough of this playing around with my friends. Uh, I'm going to make real money here. He's not even, he, he's, he was a high, he was a highly rated division one prospect, but we all know prospect is not the same as, you know, actual star. So he may never throw a pass for Ohio State. You know, he could he could spiral fracture uh, his leg doing a promo for a local car car dealership, and that's it. He never plays a game, but he's gonna. But he but he could still make a bunch of money just because he's like handsome. He's like a blonde, well built, handsome kid, uh, and he has all these social media followers. To, to which I say, God bless America. Now you don't have to be anything. You don't have to accomplish anything. You don't have to know anything. Are you having some cereal, Paul? Uh, you don't. You don't have to do anything except uh, be popular for, I guess, being known. You know, yeah. this is, that's an impressive mark. I mean, I, there there are those who would say, oh, whoa, is local sports and, and amateur sports and whatever. And I'm like, I don't know, how many of these kids can there be uh, that that's going to ruin high school sports? And secondly, you know, whatever, these are his choices. Let him, let him cash in while he can. Because opportunities like this are rare. I don't. I have about ten thousand social media followers altogether, but I couldn't make, you know, any money off of that. So good for this guy. Uh, you know, I, I say, uh, fine. You know, my only regret is that he's going to Ohio State, which you hate to see happen to anyone. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's a bad look for anyone. Uh, right. The, uh, any any dollar of revenue that doesn't go directly to the NCAA, that that's I'm fine with that. Uh, it, I mean, there have been people that went to school to a college, right? And um, you know, maybe they were making money on this, doing this kind of stuff. Uh, it was always fine, like. It's it's only the athletes that the NCAA is monitoring, right? You know, if you have an OnlyFans account or you uh, have a Twitch account because you were like some super either effective or charismatic uh, World of Warcraft player, or whatever, <laughs> whatever this esports stuff. I, I mean, I don't even know what the events are. 
Right. Nobody's stopping the band. Like, if if you're good, band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're good at trumpet and you can get a jazz CD recorded with Bernie Williams or something, you know, nobody's stopping that guy from doing this. It was only people who were good at football, only a small percentage of whom had a shot at making even more money or making money in the NFL. So, you know, let them have it. You know, that's fine. People are willing, especially corporations, are willing to spend their money on really dumb stuff. Like, I wouldn't invest any money if I ran a corporation in this kid who might play for Ohio State and might yeah. play in the NFL, you know, well, five last, years from last now. Week, unless you cut this segment, because I don't know, because I don't listen to her <laughs> segments, but that caller daddy, you know, who got her uh, start with Barstool Sports. Yes. She's making all kinds of money. Like, if she had gone to college doing this or done something else, uh, it feels like $60 million is a lot of Spotify, maybe they'll recoup this if they get a lot of subscribers. But uh, uh, there's a lot of celebrities who are like, uh, I don't know, endorsing a brand of gum or a sports drink or something. I can't imagine that this uh, uh, that those things pay off, those endorsements. But uh, Here's what I think. Uh, I think... The greatest endorsement person of all time was Michael Jordan. Uh, he made white kids in Iowa want to buy Nike, or Nike, however you say it, shoes. That was amazing. And it carried over to everything. I drank Gatorade because Mike drank Gatorade, and I drank Coke until he stopped drinking Coke. You know what I mean. Uh, I don't know that today's generation of kids are as susceptible to advertising as we were. Um, because we were the generation like, oh, there's a, not you personally, I know you're exempt from this, but generally speaking, people would, um, they, they would go watch TV and they'd be like, oh, here's Pac-Man cereal. And he'd be like, you know, hey, Dad, will you give me some Pac-Man cereal? And he's like, it looks like shit, you're never going to eat it. And I'm like, oh, I really want some Pac-Man cereal. I want it more than anything I've ever wanted in my whole life. Oh, Christ, fine. So he brings home like a $3 box of Pac-Man cereal. You eat one bowl and like, this tastes like shit. And he's like, you're eating that because you made me get it. And you're going to eat that. And I'm like, but I want other cereal. Like, you're going to eat that cereal. Uh, but I don't think kid, today's kids work that way. I think they just find the stuff they like really fast. Uh, because they're exposed to everything instantly all the time, and then just spend time a- aimlessly staring at it. So, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me anyway. I mean, uh, other than I, I hope that he's a failure, for not because of anything about the kid, but because he's playing for Ohio State, and their failure is America's victory. That's all the sports stuff I got. Oh, Michael Che, this is kind of an entertainment thing, but we'll we'll cram it in here. Michael Che apparently, who, who is he? I don't know. He he's is. a comedian. He's the second half of the Saturday Night Live uh, with Colin Jost, the Saturday Night Live Weekend Update crew. Okay. And he he's a black comedian, 
and Michael Che did posted to his Instagram that he was going to make some jokes about Simone Biles in his when he did some stand up later that night. And every I should say I, I gotta I gotta temper these kinds of things. Not everyone, the people who are inclined to be outraged about things and looking to try to destroy people uh, for anything, flipped out on Twitter. And they were like, oh, this guy, you know, you know, all of the stuff that when a black guy doesn't act like he's 100% liberal all the time, uh, they go after him like, like he's a Klansman. Uh, and they just, just pounded on him. Now, Biles has had a rough Olympics. She had... Uh, her mental game was off and the latest story was something about she was having some kind of disorientation that did not uh, made it hard for her to focus which would have been dangerous when she's doing her flips or whatever on the bars and hey it's all legit to me you say you can't play you can't play that's your she took a knee that's legit um and I don't know when we became a culture. I mean, it feels recent, but it could have been a long time. When we became a culture where we're like, we're going to police the stupid shit that all people say. Like, there was a guy... That you, there, you talked about the guy from the Olympics, who, who had the, the ceremony guy who got fired for a, a Holocaust joke that he told at a comedy uh, routine. He, I guess before doing uh, and these, these are artists so they're they're not like straight arrow types sure you're, you're you're being creative so before he did this artistic choreography stuff he was a comedian I guess 20 years ago um, it seemed like a really stupid joke but I don't, I don't even understand like the Japanese culture sense of humor type, you know, there could be different mores, you know, besides it being 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, he'd made a, a bad Holocaust joke. Um, right. It doesn't, sound, it doesn't sound like the thing to do. That sounds terrible, but, I mean, that's more... Uh, here's what happened ago. there. I guarantee what happened is... He pissed off someone. He did. And they and they were like, "We're gonna find a way to wreck this guy." And they went through every piece of video, every whatever, until they found a way to to ruin him. Instead of because that nobody just accidentally comes across somebody's twenty twenty five year old or thirty year old. Uh, comedy routine and it's like oh oh look he said something that was horrible that that's that's a concerted effort by somebody who hated this guy so much that they were willing to do that much research to try to screw him over and they won there was some other guy uh who got fired from the olympics too um i don't remember what his role with the olympics was but he'd made, I don't know, was it a fat joke or some other kind of comment yeah. that, 
uh, Bill Maurer had mentioned there was like several people that had been fired for, you know, non-wokeism. Um, you know, I, I just, I guess I, uh, thank God that everything I've ever said or thought, uh, the thing that the, the one guy got fired for was in a private conversation, which Rachel, uh, what's her name, Rachel Nichols, Nichols from ESPN shows us. She, she's nodding her head along, like, oh yeah. Yeah, you, there's no right. such thing as private conversations. Uh, well, I did learn, by the way, just to recap for the listeners, Rachel Nichols got yanked off of covering the NBA Finals because she had, during the previous season, during the bubble year and the pandemic, she had been in her room talking with a talent agent, talking about how ESPN was going to take her off stuff because they wanted to have more diverse on-air people. And she said that she thought that was unfair. And she she didn't use any bad words, and she didn't denigrate the person that they were... Uh, bringing up, she had just basically saying to a friend and advisor, you know, hey, just because you want to do this and you have a crap record on diversity, don't don't take it out on me. You know, I've delivered. Well, this some some piece of her equipment was recording, and it got uploaded to the servers in Bristol. And the truth, I, I hypothesized that what happened was. Someone who hated her got a piece of that, got a hold of that, and decided to share it around. And that's exactly what happened. There was a producer who got that file and shared it around. That producer, whose name I don't know, was suspended. Nichols didn't get suspended, but she got ripped off the NBA Finals gig, which you could argue is more harmful to her career than the suspension of the producer. But... Anyway, that's how people are now. They ju- they're just so hateful that instead of, you know, saying, you know, well, that guy made that joke a long time ago, you know, is he making that joke while he's planning this opening ceremony? No? Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and say people grow and they change and we're going to move on. But no, they, like people are so hateful. That they don't—they go straight from, I'm—I don't like this person to I'm going to destroy this person, and it's—it's it's a world uh, I'm tired of it. It's—it's uh, going to blow up in a bad way. Like Trump was a reaction to some of this. Like his presidency was a reaction to this constant, you know, young people acting like they were born with all of the knowledge. And all of the understanding that you can only get through experience. And running around policing language, policing... You're not going to accomplish any of the stuff that you want to accomplish except push people away. And people will just be like, okay, fine, I just won't do anything. I'll just shut down. And now what? So, anyway, that's all I got on sports which is not about sports, but sports aren't about sports anymore. Like, college football season is coming up, and what are we talking about? The end of conferences and some mega conference of 70 teams and a, you know, 64-team playoff and, 
you know, whatever, sports aren't, like the things that are supposed to be fun, the things that we're supposed to distract ourselves from the shittiness that is working life, have turned into work themselves. Uh, and I, it's, I just, just stop doing that or give me something else. Give me table tennis or, you know, three-on-three basketball, whatever. That's all I have to say for this blog, Paul. Uh, right, right on. Do, do you... <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Stay where you are. the other way around i get confused sometimes yeah it's a world on fire world on fire uh i ended last segment on kind of an angry rant and i'm sorry about that i'm just uh just a man trying to make his way in the world and sometimes i lose my temper or get irritated and i got irritated and that's what happened and we're we're just moving on, Paul. Man. Paul really put a lot of effort into the first segment, which uh, has worn him out now. He's uh, ah, when you fashion a diamond like uh, zero edge. Yeah, a story like that, you can coast. You can stanza it up <laughs> uh, the rest of the way. <laughs> people people are familiar with that stanza. Uh, episode uh, from Seinfeld, which I don't Where know. You, I, I hear you more. One, you say one smart thing and then you shut up the rest of the meme, which I think is smart. Like if you can come up with that one smart thing, yeah, that's as much as uh, anyone's going to listen to you. Sure, uh, I, I agree with that. I don't know that I have the one smart uh, thing, but. Um, that's the challenge, but if you if you walk into it, just stop. Just stop yourself. Don't 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 push for anything beyond that. C block no. is a 
is our traditionally our entertainment block, and as usual, entertainment isn't very entertaining. Mm. Um, but I think this one you'll enjoy. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, the yeah. actress, is suing Disney because the latest Marvel film, uh, Black Widow, which she is the star of, was released simultaneously in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. It's a it's a middling Marvel movie. It's just okay. Okay. But she's arguing that it cost her fifty million bucks because it was not exclusively in theaters. Um, and now I guess other people who've worked for Disney are now sort of like, hey, this is a thing we could get in on. Uh, Emma Stone was reportedly weighing her options because they released... Cruella. Yeah, Cru- Cruella is terrible, although she's she's fine, but uh, meaning Emma Stone, she's fine in it, and so is Emma Thompson. But she's thinking about suing because they released it on Disney Plus at the same time as they released it in theaters. And... Um, the their latest one is the Jung, Jungle Ride or some nonsense. I can't. Remember. It stars The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Emily Blunt, and they're apparently thinking about suing Disney. Uh, here's what I don't understand: yeah. for me to be able to watch those films at home, I have to pay thirty dollars. Yeah. Uh, I paid that for. Um, Black Widow, and I paid it for Cruella, and I regretted it both times. Not because it would have been cheaper for me to go to the theater, because I I hate going to the theater, uh, but because they the movies really weren't that good, and they could have waited until I could catch them on TNT or the streaming platforms in a few months. But I don't understand why they're losing money on that, because... It's on the streaming platform, but for me to watch it, I had to pay money. More money than I would have paid for a single ticket. Well, I'll, I'll respond on this. All right, you're my economics expert. Um, yeah, normally I'm not one to like research things. Just like the Zero Hedge, it's like, that was worth it. Uh, normally it's not, but... As I understand it, uh, if you're an actor, you uh, you have a contract, and it's like I'll do this, this, and this. This costs extra. Like if you want me to do this, you'll have to pay this clause. Uh, right. If you want me to go to J- Japan and and be on their talk shows or be on I mean, this, this Colbert. guy in the pirate movies Johnny Johnny Depp yeah I think I think they were like oh you're making a ass of yourself with this lawsuit but it's like fine but we have a contract so if you want me to uh, not be in your movie or you want this to happen you, you have to honor the contract so sometimes it goes the actor's way too uh She's getting money, Scarlett Johansson, based on 
uh, box office. Well, the contract, the lawyers, her lawyers, Disney's lawyers, defined it by theater box office. They didn't, def- they didn't add in any clauses for the Disney Channel. Well, I don't even know if the Disney Channel was a thing then. However, reading one of these articles, um, Disney did renegotiate for the Wonder Woman movie. That's Warner for, Brothers. Huh? That's Warner Brothers. Well, regardless. One, uh, but one of the big studios did do that. Regardless of who the parties were, it was like, oh, well, this is, hap- this is something that's happening. The, the landscape's changed. Uh, and uh, the, the idea of people going to the movie theater... Um, so they either changed the base pay or altered whatever, like, the secondary markets were, uh, those incentives. Um, this, to, so, this, to I me, guess, seems like it would be a really relative simple fix for Disney, though, is just say, you know what, we're going to do this. Let's hash out the numbers. Send your agent over uh, and your negotiator. will hash out the numbers Here's, you can either get a X percentage of the the sales uh, through the streaming simple, service. But, uh, you know, money gets involved, and it's like, who's who's the asshole? You know, I, I would I would say this is the same situation as like OU in Texas and the Big Twelve and the SEC and ESPN. Like, right? Who's who's the asshole here? Uh, Hard to spot. A lot of looking to do a lot be, of starfish it could be all there. Of them. It could yeah. Be everybody. Yeah, uh, it's either them or their advisors, and uh, they weren't able to come to a decision to suit everyone. So okay, we're just going to air our dirty laundry, and maybe that'll either shame somebody or it's like, oh, we're losing money off this bad publicity, so we can fix we can fix a number to that, and maybe that'll uh, alter things. If I'm, I have a joke ready for this. By the way, let's have we're it. at the joke the joke phase. Uh, there's been a lot of back and forth, like, oh, Disney's trying to make Scarlett Johansson look bad, or Scarlett Johansson's trying to make Disney look bad with these uh, negotiation details. Sure. If I'm if I'm trying to make Scarlett Johansson look bad, like if I'm that Disney lawyer, uh, I just stand, you know, in front of the press conference. And play clips from the, the movie Scarlet was in with, the, that was the Woody Allen movie. <laughs> uh, where, like, she was in a couple of Woody Allen movies, but I, I take your uh, point. I, I, I just like, uh, oh, the, 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 the uh, AV guy that he set up the clips. Okay, all right. And then he just hits play and this lets them play without comment. Yeah, uh, you could you could play that movie we watched. What was it? Uh, Under the Skin, uh, or clips from Don Juan. I think. Sure. I think if Scarlett wants to sue anybody, she should scr- sue the scriptwriter for uh, uh, Black Widow. I I don't begrudge anybody their money. Honestly, I don't. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not talented enough to be an actor. I don't have the the timing. I don't have the training, whatever. 
but at, at at the end of the day, they, they're all making so much money. It at some point it becomes meaningless to someone like me. Like when you say when she says I lost fifty million bucks and she was paid twenty million to be in the film and she's still getting a piece of the action of the box office. In my mind, like that's a lot of money. I'm probably going to be okay with that. But it's sort of the same argument that uh, I push back against when you're talking about athletes. Like well, some athletes like in a bad mood. Sues the MLB to be allowed to be a free agent. You know, it's like maybe he's suing so he can make a million dollars. Right. That's what it's I'm like, saying, though. Like if if somebody like Charles Barkley is surly to a fan or something like that, and then everybody's like, well, if I was Charles Barkley, this is how I'd be. Everybody's generous with other people's talent and uh, abilities. And so I don't want to shit on Scarlett Johansson or Amber Stone or the stars of Jungle Cruise. Um, I'll shit on Disney because that's just an uh, easy target. Um, it, It is sort of sad that nothing uh ends happily after ever after anymore yeah. uh like oh uh this is uh uh th- th- this is a movie that's about a uh, super spy uh there there's lots of special effects and kung fu and all this nonsense david harbors in it which always makes things a little bit more fun, you know. That can't that can't be the end of the story. It has to be like, oh, people are suing each other. Um, you know, Disney apparently is assaulting the character of Scarlett Johansson, according to her agent. You know, it's another thing where like uh, every beautiful donut is now filled with toothpaste. You know. Uh, or petroleum jelly or whatever. It's like, God damn it. You, it, it looks good. And I take a bite out of it and, oh, there's shit in here. Wonderful. Okay. I'm moving on. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how to view this, this story. I guess it's an interesting story in the sense that everyone knows Disney. Everyone knows Scarlett Johansson. There's two sides to it. Um, like if you're Disney, it's like, well, you're making all kinds of money. How about you just be generous with mm-hmm. your partners? But they've kind of been hurt. You know, all these uh, Disney cruises, they're closed. Right. Uh, Disney theme parks, they're closed. ESPN. The theme parks are back open now, limited capacity, but they're back open. But the, they were closed during the pandemic. So that was that was uh, uh, something that hurt them financially for a good chunk of time, and um, uh, ESPN. There were no sports to play, but they had all the salaries and so forth, and the contracts to pay out. You know that things could have been going better for them, based on what would reasonably happen during a time of life that wasn't pandemic pandemic related. Well, they've unloaded quite a bit of talent, so. Yeah. 
uh, whatever, you know. Here's something so fun. Here's something. They could be doing nicer things, but life, you know, life kind of hit them uh, tough. You know, ABC, they, they could have shows, but they couldn't film them because of the pandemic, those restrictions. Uh, well, maybe this will make everyone happier. Oh, okay. Um, this is a story that came out in the Wall Street Journal a couple days ago. There are the the dating app website market has blossomed because we've had eHarmony, Tinder, a couple other ones, uh, Match. dot com. What's that? Yeah, Bumble, I don't know, but uh, but anyway, we were talking about dating services, and we wanted this to be chipper and upbeat, and of course, it's not. Um, anyway, there, there have been some general interest dating services around for a long time. Uh, I think that was Yahoo Personals was a really big thing for a long time. Uh, I mean, this is early era internet now uh, the wall street journal reports that there are uh options we're getting more siloed in our uh, uh options so like there are dating apps where you can pick based on your politics because god forbid you'd be around someone or, or I, like, I like that i like that option yeah, but there's nobody that has your politics, Paul. Like, you're you're not like, easy to like the, you're not easy uh, to pin down. Sure, I, I like I like that product exists. It's smart. Yeah. Like of all of all the things that divide people, but there's already like J date for Jewish people. Right. That's one of the older yeah. ones. Sure, Christ, sure. Christian Christian Mingle, I think, is another one. In fact, so really, I, I'm pretty sure really one of my cousins got married uh, to a woman that he met through Christian Mingle. So go. good good for him, good for them. I'm just saying those are the obvious dividers. You know, like, uh, what do you not talk about at Thanksgiving religion or politics? Well, those, those seem like good dividers if you're trying to uh, find someone compatible. Right. Uh, I like that. I like, I like the politics. Uh, uh Option. Here are some ones that the Wall Street Journal have found uh, for people committed to society uh, sobriety, uh, yeah. former al- or, uh, alcoholics and former junkies. It's called Lucid, L-O-O-S-I-D. I, you see Lucid, Lucid. I get it. It's a play on words. Uh, people on the autism spectrum, Hiki, H-I-K-I. Uh, matchmakers for fitness buffs, team up, dog lovers, dig, gamers, kippo, K-I-P-P-O, vegetarian, vegly, V-E-G-G-L-Y, and even amateur astrologists, of which there are three, stars align, knew it, N-U-I-T, and the pattern. 
so my question, Paul, is if yeah. they were to design a dating service for you, oh, wow. what, what would it entail? What would what would your hard line? I know you like the politics thing, but that's already out there. What yeah. what would it entail? What would the what would the niche be, and what would you call it? Well, uh, gosh, see, that's not even the question. I was uh, the direction I would have gone with any of this. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm thoughtful, you know here. Because uh, I don't care enough. Like, I don't care enough about anything to be like, oh, this is a deal breaker. Uh, but uh, in, just, in, just for this exercise. In fairness to you, you don't care enough to have a deal maker, let alone yeah. a deal breaker. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do. This wouldn't be me, but just, just for the spectrum, like. If I was approaching the, the VC community, the uh, which is the uh, venture capitalist community, yes, like with the with the next big thing on on uh, niche dating, mm-hmm. it, this would be set in London. Okay, it's just a London only dating app, uh, and it would be soccer club based. You know, like if you're a West Ham, you're in the East End, you're a Hammer. Uh, there's no way you'd want to date an Arsenal fan. Sure. Uh, but maybe a Chelsea fan would be okay, you know, depending on what they look like, whatever. Uh, so this this would be like, this would be like you you had an affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're a you're a West Ham. You're a Hammer, and you had an affair with an Arsenal fan. It would be like yeah. an Ohio State f- uh, fan. Uh, on their uh, the, uh, I, I wonder if they just call their dating service the, you know, so that they know. It would just yeah. the it's the dating service, uh, uh-huh. and they've they found a mate on there, but they have an affair with somebody who goes to Michigan. Uh, mm. you know, uh, the the you know the Fighting Harbaugh's dating service, right. Where where were you gonna go with this? Well, the football thing. Yeah. That, that's, that oh, that's where you were gonna go with. So you took my if question you, and then you just answered the question you wish had been asked. Uh, that's the that's the political game. That's fine. That's you a, said uh, what kind of niche, but I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that there's one for me, but you know I'm into soccer. So if you were into soccer. Like I am, but yet we're we're actually like committed to using an app that said uh, like uh, I'll only tolerate you know this this one kind of soccer fan. Uh, I, I could see that working. You know, you, you go on three dates and you you head you head over and oh, do you want to come up for coffee? Great. You, you get there and then you see a Frank Lampard uh, jersey and it's like what the fuck? You know, uh, why didn't this come up before? Uh, I don't care that you have these three kids in the apartment, uh, or your, your ex boyfriend is in you know the the bedroom over. That's fine. That wasn't a deal breaker, but uh, I, Chelsea I, support. I think this what you're describing probably already exists. We just don't know about it. It might even be in this article. I didn't read that far. Yeah. Um, 
maybe maybe it's like for someone who doesn't read the whole article. <laughs> There's probably a dating service for that. Non-fact-based people. It, it's a, it's a dating service that stops halfway through the name. You know. Uh, yeah, someone who's not too lazy to like. You know. I don't know what you would put put in your 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 name. Maybe a picture. Sure. Uh. And, uh, it's a picture, but it's too small, and he didn't bother to resize it. Sure. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to get in contact. Maybe that's kind of part of the challenge of finding the other person. Like, is there a phone number here? <laughs> do we all? Do we? Does everyone just meet at one place? Uh, that that's kind of listed at the front. Uh, just show up at this Kroger's. Yeah. I sometimes go to the Rotten Meat store, yeah. uh, but I usually only go on Wednesdays. Yeah, you just keep showing up Wednesdays. One of these days you'll run into me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it was meant to be, it'll happen. Here's, here's my my flip that side. Of, did, did we, uh, Jesus. Did we uh, fill in the block successfully on the stadium service? Man. I I I had something else to say about it, but oh. you've uh, defecated That's on it, it uh, uh, formally enough that uh, maybe I'll just close it out. But uh, uh, I guess my my uh, flip side of this is it sounds good to find to seek someone out w- who has similar interests, but we've talked about this before. Like on paper, it seems like. Hey, wouldn't it be great to date somebody like Linda Cohn, who was really into sports, and yeah. you could talk sports with him? And then, and then you've said, but would it really be like that? Means that there's no escape uh, for you. Uh, and it, like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, wouldn't it be great to date somebody who was into comics? And then I'm like, would, well, would that is that really true? Because I like comics, but they're also just my thing. Like this is. I, a, I I'm not saying that other people yeah. can't read comics or I can't be. Well, here's here's my response to that. Yeah. Um, you have a response to that now. I do. Let her fly. If uh, people stay married, you know, and they, they stay married at the point of being in retirement, sure. a lot of times they run into problems because it's like they're spending a lot of time together. Like they didn't have that job that was separating them. And uh, it's like, you know, this is too much of you. And in fact, the whole pandemic situation has, has led to a lot of divorces coming out of the pandemic. Like, yeah, I, I was fine spending two or three hours a day with this person, but um, like the whole day, uh, you know, every meal, like, oh, what are you watching on TV? You know, gosh, yeah, this was better when you had a job. Uh, uh, we we got along much better when you weren't here eight to twelve hours a day. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It's true. It's like I, but for better or worse, sickness and health, but not for lunch. You know. But, uh, in fairness, that's that's how our friendship functions. Like we we get along pretty well, in in spurts. But like you wouldn't 15 go minute phone, fifteen minute phone calls. Yeah, we you, you don't want to you don't want to drag that out where we're like, the odd couple. Uh, in the same house. You know, you have 
someone come for a visit that's like, oh, three days, that's enough. You know, you, you have that concept. Uh, yeah, somewhere in that range. Uh, like, uh, Uncle Fred, he's fine to sit down with at the yeah. barbecue, but uh, uh, you have a conversation, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm good on Uncle Frank. I mean... I wouldn't mind. Li- I wouldn't mind if we lived in the same city because you, you know, yeah. your potential to hang out for a couple hours is higher. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, hey, I'm off work. You want to meet me at this bar or whatever? You know, sure. I'll I'll meet you there. Uh, let's get some cheese fries. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm glad people are trying to meet each other, and I have completely given up on that. Um, I, I, and this is not some like low self-esteem. I'm not worthy of love or deserving of love. Mm-hmm. I'm just not willing to put in the work. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to negotiate all of the the things that you have to negotiate to be in a relationship. Uh, I just I'm I've lived alone yeah. for 25 years or however long it's been. Um. I wouldn't mind having a cook or a maid, not for sex, just, you know, for cooking and cleaning. Uh, You know, somebody comes in once a week and, you know, tidies up the place or does the laundry. That'd be fine. And and that's what I'll have when I get old and I'm, uh, you know, shuffled off to the county home. You know, somebody will come in, make sure I'm not dead, change my diaper you know yeah. uh you know that that's that's what i have to look forward to i just i don't think i can get along with anybody well enough to spend all day with them one day let alone be around them most of the time i'm just well, it's, it's not just you yeah uh, this, this pandemic thing like the stats are spiked like that's that's everyone it, it is tough to uh stretch that out uh i think i could have made it work when i was younger and i was you know you know like you really were passionate about girlfriends or at least i was i was really into them but now i'm 46 you know i just i just want to do what i need to do i want to do my job when i become a teacher want to do it well and then i want to come home to my own world and shut everything out until I have to go back out in it again. Because to me, the world has become a cacophony of idiotic noise. And maybe this podcast is a part of it. It's a very, it's a, you know, it's a mouse fart in the lion's roar, as far as I'm concerned. But nonetheless, uh, I, I, I don't, it's not that I'm not still attracted to women. I am. It's not that I don't meet women that I like. I don't meet women who are my peers. Like I would never date any of the Drake students who are, that I meet who are undergrads. I mean, my God, uh, I, I don't want, uh, first of all, they come from, it's like they've been born in from a different universe. You know, they grew up with the internet and social media and all, all of this stuff is the, how the, like the, that, like a very base level. If I get, if I go somewhere and get out of the car, and I meet my friends or whoever, I don't immediately think, we need to take a picture and post it on the Internet. 
and then they bring me a meal. I need to take a picture of this and post it on the internet. It doesn't. It doesn't occur to me. I'm not saying what they're doing is wrong. I'm just saying that doesn't occur to me. So therefore, like doing it though would be irritating to me. Like, oh, I'm dating this twenty-some-year-old, and you know, we're, she's constantly posting shit to Instagram, and I'm like, can we just, can we get the shrimp scampi and quit fucking around? You know, we're here at Red Lobster. This is a fifty-dollar dinner. Can we? You know, let's, let's focus on the cheddar biscuits for a minute instead of the picture of the cheddar biscuits. Uh, and I, I think, and I don't meet many people who are my age who don't come with like a double wide semi of baggage. And that includes myself. Like, I'm crazy. I know that. I take pills and I go to therapy for it. But like, these are people who are, who have, they're divorced uh, which means I'm paying for my mistakes, of which I will make many, and I'm paying for that other guy's mistakes. The there's often kids involved. Again, I'm not opposed to children. It's just when you're a it it becomes a three headed monster because the if the father is involved, then there's there's often conflict. I don't need this. I can just go home, go take a nap. I don't know. Sometimes I I uh I get lonely in that way, but not often. How about you? Uh what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find yourself desirous of a of a female companion? Uh I, uh, I'm, I'm going to answer the question my own way. All right. As, as I do. Uh, I enjoy these, like, international living or expat life, uh, podcasts or websites and so forth, you know, best places to retire as an American. Uh, um, generally, it's a, a budget or a region of the country. Uh, like, I like the idea of just starting a, a second chapter of life mm-hmm. and finding somewhere in that environment. Uh, likewise, I, I kind of have the uh, fantasy sometimes of like, uh, I'm too deeply embedded in my job. Like, uh, in some ways, I'm good at my job. Like, I know a lot of detail of what's going on. But at the same time, it's like you're uh, like too embedded. Like, uh, uh, oh, this happened. Paul knows the answer to that. So here, here, Paul, do this. Uh, that this jaunt in the teaching. I like that in the sense of like, oh, this is different from what you were doing before. Uh, you're not going to have a day where someone comes in and says, oh, Dan, uh, the World Food Prize guy died. We need you to do this story. Uh, you're going to come in and be like, oh, this is your first year English teacher. Here's, here's your resource on this. You're, you're just kind of starting fresh. It's a little, I guess it's scary to start over, but it's uh, like uh, 
little freeing. There's like a break there, kind of a natural like uh, you're starting fresh. Yeah, what what you're describing is probably so, what I'm most excited about in this whole process, and it has been yeah. a super difficult, very scary, very stressful couple of years, and it, and we've got a little bit of ways to go yet, so, but. But the anyway, idea of starting getting over, from, getting away from that slightly, because I want to not detour too far away from your question. Like, yeah. um, if I became a teacher or farm tech or something like that, and then met someone uh, in in that craft or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like that. That would be appealing. It's like, oh, this this is like a part of a of a new. A chapter of life, or something like that, which is a silly, a silly way of looking at it. I I disagree. Uh, I I, th- I think you're exactly right. I think uh, journalism is behind me. Uh, I did that. I was good at it. It ended. I mourned it. I complained about it, and now I'm doing this new thing. And well, the silly thing is like uh, finding some relationship. Uh, after like some cutoff, some uh, uh, um, like uh, someone, some hot woman could come into the accounting office when their taxes done and sparks could fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just the idea of it being a different setting. Uh, See, I don't think that's silly. Feels appealing somehow. I don't yeah. think that that's silly because, for me, I have noticed a change in myself by not being a journalist anymore. And by going through classes and all of the strife with finances and injuries and health care and all of that, I, I am a lot more empathetic than I used to be. Uh, I'm a lot nicer to myself than I used to be. I'm a lot willing, more willing to admit that, yeah, I'm kind of overwhelmed right now. Um, I'm a better person now than I was as a journalist. And I think... That the change that we're talking about here, a career change, middle of your life, is is so significant of an event that I don't want to use a religious metaphor, but it's like re- being reborn. You're you're becoming something else. You're evolving, and I think when you come out the other side of that, I'm not there yet. But when I come out the other side of that, maybe I'll feel differently about relationships. Uh, and I, and maybe there will be, uh, and I'll certainly be in a different group of people than I had been for the previous, you know, 25 years or so with different, different ideas and different outlooks and so on. So I, I don't know that it's silly. Um, maybe it's the most realistic possible thing. I want to go back to this, um, detailing of like dating apps. Sure. And there's like three, three astrology ones. Uh, um, astronomy, astronomy, astronomy. Um, uh, is it like they couldn't get together, or they're rivals, or one's the Gregorian calendar, one's the Aztec calendar, <laughs> uh, one uses the Roman gods, one uses the Greek gods uh, in terms of the sky charts. No, you're right. It was astrologist. I, you, you know, you're probably right. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, one of them probably believes. 
I don't know enough about astrology. Like, I don't either. You know, uh, one of them's like, are they the kind of people who are like reading their horoscopes every day? And like, I could never date a cancer because, uh, you know, whatever stupid personality traits are associated with that. Or I, I, I don't know. Stupid. That just this doesn't. You know, the rising moon, yeah. you know, Capricorn, just doesn't fit with the cancer. It, it uh, seems to me that, uh, that that astrologists would be the kind of pricks who would believe in their bullshit so much, just like politicians, that they couldn't uh, just, you know, like, date somebody from a different school. You know, like skateboarders, there's the the guys who use their hands and there's the guys who don't use their hands. Uh, new school and old school, at least it used to be like that. I don't know uh, what it is now. Like, you would have a skateboarding dating service for the new school and one for the old school. But this, it seem, they seem like the kind of thing that, from the outside, this trivial difference that you're spotlighting here uh, is that seems overwhelmingly insignificant it is what you're what you're going for maybe could be it could be paul i think that's all we got today and we did a lot we covered a lot of ground uh we did we scorched the earth assaulted it uh uh and uh and we we did a whole story on zero hedge so that the whole block that's you'll never take it away from me you know I I, uh, I could cut it I'm just saying like uh, you know when it's all said and done when you know the mortal coil is is done like that I ticked that box yeah you did a whole no one, no you, one can say I didn't uh, you know what. Uh, unlike Joe's Wine Dive and some of the other places that we mock yeah. around here, uh, Zero Hedge wants to come with some money. We'll talk about their stories every week in depth. I'll even read their crazy-ass conspiracy theorist website. Uh, for the Zero Hedge? You bet. I don't. Uh, I have no standards. It's good. Um, they, they, don't need, they don't need to pay me to do it. They need to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get us out of here? Uh, you know, when you're out there in the dating world, um, find someone that you like as much as, as I like Zero Hitch. That's, that's my advice. Be kind, behave, follow your passion. All right. Our apologies to Steve Balboni. We weren't able to get him in today. And uh, we will come back sometime next week with more nonsensical blather. Mm-hmm.